0: to the Between the Dream Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Taylor Jr. Today is Tuesday, May 21st, 2019. I hope that you all are doing well. Hope that you got a chance to catch yesterday's podcast episode as I close out the series on suicide prevention talking about love and action if you haven't make sure you check it out for those of you all that are new to the podcast thank you so much for tuning in thank you for uh, the subscribe and the share for those of you all that are returning thank you all as well before we get started i want to let you know that the between the dream podcast is brought to you by our sponsors at Fibersoul.com. Fiber Soul is a one-stop shop for Christian streetwear that balances the latest styles and life-giving scripture. With Fiber Soul, you can always speak life. And right now, you can get 15% off of your first order using code Taylor15 at Fibersoul.com. As you all know, today is day 20 of the 31 Days of Power series that I have been doing. I'm sorry, excuse me. Day 21 of the 31 Days of Power series that I have been doing on the Facebook Live for Mental Health Month as we continue to bring not only awareness, but really start to move into some footwork for us to be able to be a greater help to people as it pertains to their mental and emotional health, and of course, for ourselves as well. Today, I have a very special guest with me, a friend from Jersey, um, Jay Nicole, who does some phenomenal work. She's about to school us, as it pertains to grief, how to grieve well, some things that we can do. I'm so excited to have her here. She is a partner and one of the founders of Project Equal 20 and also Grieve and Grow. Jay Nicole, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it, King, and everything that you're doing for the world. Keep shining your light and thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: Absolutely. So look, let's go ahead and jump straight into this because we were spitting out fire and just realized that it wasn't even recording. So we are back in this. We were having some very intentional conversation. Do me a favor real quick and let the people know a little bit about you. Let them know about your work with Project Equals 20, Grieve and Grow. And we'll jump into also why this work is so important for you.
1: Sounds good. So again, I am Jay Nicole, and I'm I'm a co-founder of Project Equals 20, uh, as well as Grieve and Grow. Um, My partners, they aren't able to make it here today, uh, but Kay Young, Kira Young, uh, and Latonya Flora. um, So we are a team, it's three of us, and we're just out here, you know, shining our light, doing God's work, and um, just trying to inspire, uplift, and motivate, um, especially through the grief and uh, mental health and wellness.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Um, let's, let's, let's dive straight into this. You know I'm about transparency. You know I love a great story. And our narratives are important. I actually did a video um, talking about that and the importance of sharing our story and the fact that it matters. And you have a phenomenal story. Obviously, it's bigger than grief, but I know that you have been able to specifically take from your story the portions of grief. And it's obvious that God is using you to be a light in this space to help people deal with So share with us what really drew you into this space to uh, have such an affinity for dealing with grief and helping people do that. What's your story with this?
1: So grief, um, you know, again, I I believe that grief comes in all different forms, Um, but more specifically, um, I believe our mission as far as grief is concerned is geared towards the loss of loved ones. Um, My partners and I have been on the front row seats, unfortunately, um, of funerals. And um, I know that's heavy to think about, um, but that's one of our big, big missions is to change the stigma around a conversation that when we start to lose things, it's not heavy. It shouldn't be heavy. It's normal conversation uh, because, unfortunately, losing our loved ones is not going to change. You know, so when it changes, you know, we have to be able to have these conversations. So that's one of the big um, pulls on our heart and on my heart is to make sure that, you know, people feel comfortable uh, expressing their loss and the pain that comes with um, those things. My first experience with grief, I was pretty young, was 12 years old, I lost my grandfather. Um, And it definitely hurt me. And I remember being sad. I remember crying. I remember seeing people cry. Um, I actually did a poem at his funeral service. And, um, you know, it was different, you know, having to see, not see him in our lives, Mm -hmm. but um, fully understanding. I don't think it was as painful um, as when, you know, my adult life you know, fast forward to 2013 and I lost someone um, very special to me. Uh, one of my close friends, my good friends, um, Moet Palmer, rest in peace. I'm um, actually this, uh, the 25th will be six years. Um, So i uh been uh, Richard. My world was um, let's say rocked. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So, you know, one of my first introductions to grief.
0: Yeah, that's real. And um, I mean, I know you're doing this great work with helping people to deal with grief and It's really interesting, because in our line of work, I feel like a lot of times, and to a degree, it can be unfortunate. I know when we were chopping it up before, you said, be careful what you wish for type of thing. But one of the things I notice is that a lot of times, the areas that God tugs our heart in tend to be the areas that we have had experiences in. And even though we help other people, it doesn't mean that we won't see those experiences, maybe not through our lives as much, but um, through others as well. But then there are those moments that we will potentially see it in our lives. And I know that you experienced a loss earlier this year. Um, and 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 take us through that as somebody who is now helping others to grieve. But I mean, you know, you might still have those moments where you lose, and how you manage it now, how you take care of your well-being now. Um, in order to stay afloat and to um, just make sure that you aren't losing your person throughout that process.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think, I think, I think I actually was one of, one of your podcasts that was talking about, um, you know, when you are in certain lines of work in certain areas that you're going to be testing and certain things will can, can attach itself to you. Um, And I just think that, you know, I'm exempt. So, it kind of strengthens me, I guess, as far as being like, um, a, a leader in this, I call it an industry, but in the field of grief and mental wellness is that, you know, here I am being super motivated and, and trying to help people and all these things. And then next thing you know, I'm, I'm writing a, um, uh, do not resuscitate forms for my father, mm-hmm. you know,
0: so yeah.
1: that real, um, you know, and that's something that I, I will never forget. And this um, yeah. It was recent. It was, February fourteenth, two thousand nineteen, Valentine's Day. What a lover! I tried to make some light of it. I'm like, Dad, really? You know, like Valentine's right. hour. Um, and I and I can kind of smile. I guess when I talk because, um, you know, one thing I said to my dad, I asked him, I said, Dad, you know, if I get stuck in life, and I would want to know what you would say to me. Um, what would you say? And uh, he said, You're a winner. I never saw you lose. Mm-hmm. You know, and stay. Forward. So. I was fortunate enough to have that kind of conversation, but that's the kind of things that keep me going um, to help other people that are in this field. So while that was a few months ago, you could think that I would be depressed down and out, you know, can't function. You know, you know, I lost my father who I had a good relationship with. Um, But grief meets you where you are. That's my belief. So, As I have been working with a therapist over the last three years for grief specifically because I lost my grandmother, um, which was very detrimental. Um, March 15 2016 so I decided to put that work in which then allowed me to handle my the loss of my father mm-hmm. that much to be able to still give back and pour back into my community on um, the Grieve and Grow Project Equals 20 and you know anybody I come in contact with pretty much.
0: That's amazing and, and I just want to kudos to you and just send my love um, just to have that kind of strength um, and the reason why I say that is because everybody receives differently when we talk about grief and losing um you know people loved ones obviously but then you know you and i talked about this too um the fact that sometimes grief doesn't necessarily come through the form of um fatality with a person so to speak but you know it can come through the the form of a loss of a job or it can come through the form uh of a loss of of a relationship that you know somebody that you cared about a breakup you know We're grieving, you know, sometimes, I mean, I I talked to a gentleman the other day at the gym who is just now getting back on the up and up after purchasing a new puppy, but he grieved hard his family's dog that they had for 15 years, right? And it's crazy because I used to be one of those people early on that'd be like, I just, I don't understand how people can consider a pet a part of the family right (laughs) and then it wasn't until i had a dog i had my little toy poodle teddy when i was living in chicago and i'm like wow like the attachment you know that's really what it boils down to and it makes all the sense in the world now how how things can be considered close because of of the attachment that we end up having and the things that we attach ourselves to right but with that attachment though sometimes if we're not careful with grief we can find ourselves being attached to some things that can lead to a lot of drama, trauma, and stress. Would you be so kind to really break down some of that cycling? Maybe not for you, um, that you, you, maybe you have dealt with some, some, some things, but maybe you haven't, but just, just break this down. I know you, you had talked briefly about, what life could have looked like for you had you been in a particular place. So can you just dive into that for us and just help us with that? Like, how do we, how can we be mindful, obviously of the attachment, but tell us about some of your potential hiccups as well.
1: No, absolutely. Um, so I know one thing that a lot of my friends and people that I've been around and and experienced, um, is that, you know, alcohol, you know, drugs, um, running through different relationships and people, uh, definitely become coping mechanisms. Um, and you hit it, you know, right on by saying that it's the attachment, you know, even when it is your parents, even when it is, you know, your dog or, you know, relationship, whatever it is, it is definitely, um, you know, the, the loss of the attachment and then just like your perspective on the ending and the beginning of that and, you know, what it can transition into um, as well as your parents. But I definitely feel that it can get real ugly. You yeah. know, I've I've get really um really bad a lot of drinking um a lot of isolation um for myself thank all praise to god i've been sober for a decade um so um thank god i was 23 and uh who knew but i can tell you if i was still drinking um i don't know that i would be here talking to you right now i'm about this because alcohol was not a good thing for me um so adding grief and loss and not being able to feel comfortable processing and or expressing my emotions and feeling that can get scary, you know? So for me, my, my vice is food, you know, like I'm doing better now. Uh, but it definitely, definitely became um, a comfort. And obviously that's the part, once I'm past the beginning part of grieving, because in the beginning, I couldn't even eat in general, just from the emotions, just not even being able to, to even think about food, but then it becomes a crutch and a comfort and, you know, then you're not happy with the way you look physically. So then that now becomes another problem. So mm-hmm. it just becomes a domino of, um, you know, poor choices, but definitely the drug, alcohol, running through relationships, isolation, um, not feeling safe. And, um, you know, one thing that happened to me was struggling with death anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I started to have, and I currently still do, um, have a lot of anxiety as far as um, my own my own death. Wow. Um, it, something that really consumes my mind where I haven't even been able to get on an airplane since my grandmother passed away. And it it is silly and I'm aware of it and I have a grief therapist and I talk through it. So I'm a little bit better, but I still haven't gotten on that plane. So I guess I'm not doing that great, but that's something that was triggered, um, you know, only from that loss. Yeah.
0: But that's a real thing though. And I wouldn't even call it silly, honestly, because of the fact that, I mean, we are all triggered in different ways, when we're hit with grief, right? Like what one person mm-hmm. might be strong enough to overcome or maybe not fumble or fall to, it doesn't mean the next wheel, right? Like your strengths and weaknesses might not be mine. And I can't, I can't look at you and judge you for that or, or think it's silly because it's like, until you've been in those shoes to know what you could or would do, it's really hard to say, right? And But that makes all the sense in the world though too like what we've got to understand is that when we deal with different experiences um they leave they can leave a lasting impression and even in all the wellness and therapy and 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 counseling that we do the reality is is that that experience no matter how much we try to forget about it that one portion of the experience is still evident, right? And so it's a continuous mm-hmm. work in progress. So I thank you for sharing that because, I, I mean, maybe it's a listener out here on this podcast who, who needs to hear that. Like, you know, it takes time to get through it, but you mentioned something else. You acknowledge the fact that you're dealing with it and you're doing what you can to start overcoming it and really just trying to work through and process it.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I even went and got my passport.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there we go. Look, you ain't going to yeah, waste listen,
1: <laughs> right, right. I've got it. I mean, I'm cheap too. So I'm definitely I, going to have,
0: uh, put that to you for sure. On.
1: Yeah, definitely. So it, it, it's definitely a tough thing. I think grief hits everyone in a different way. Um, but but one of the things, like I said before, is that we need to be able to have the conversations around it. Um, I know a lot of people probably, you know, that follow us, follow our Grieving Girl Project Equals 20. For some people, it might make them feel uncomfortable. You know, they might not know what to say or, or how to approach it or feel like it's a heavy subject. But We're not going to slow down because that part of life is not going to change. And we need to have it introduced to our conversations um, at younger and younger ages. You know, uh, Kira K. Young, who's a part of a co-founder of our organization, um, always says that until she lost her brothers, she didn't even know what grief was. Mm -hmm. So, What an introduction introduction. back to back in 2015, 2017, you know, both of her brothers, rest in peace, Scotty and Steph, um, unfortunately passed away and they were only two siblings, you know, but she had idea really what grief was, you know, until then. So, you know, our goal is to try to change that, change the narratives um, and the stigma around it.
0: That's so important. That is so important. So let's go through this real quick. Um, you, you mentioned this earlier uh, when we were talking offset, but I want to allow this to kind of be the, the portion of healing and maybe some understanding for our listeners. So when we were talking earlier, you, you use this term, you say grieving well. Can we start to dive into some things and practices that these listeners that we have here can take um, when it comes to how we can learn to grieve and um, what that process looks like?
1: No, definitely. Um, Again, grieve to grieve well. Um, that's a concept that was introduced to me um, through my therapist. I specifically sought her out. Uh, she has 25 years experience in grief itself um, because I felt like I was losing my mind, to be quite frank. When I lost my grandmother, I was like, this is crazy. I remember my consultation call with her. I was sitting in my driveway in my car. I was like, I feel like I'm losing it and I don't know if it's going to get worse than this and I'm scared.
0: You mm-hmm. know, so right,
1: learning to grieve well is to one, be able to even just admit that, that I, I'm not okay, you know, and I don't know if I will be um, okay. And so that is something where, you know, the, the tangible relationship, and this is again talk geared towards losing a loved one, a physical um, person um, ends, but the goal is to breathe life into the intangible relationship. And how do you do It's your has to be a perspective switch. Your mind in the way in which you saw that person in your relationship when they were alive here in a physical sense has to change. You know, I was struggling with, you know, my dad was, was cremated and I was speaking to my therapist today, actually, um, about just how that's really still hard for my mind to process that, you know, a few months ago, this was a physical person I was talking to, laughing to, physically touching them to now that they're in this uh, nice fancy jar, if you will, um, in my house, how, how can that be? And then she challenged me by saying, but what if you change your mindset and you thought about the fact that we all started as a little specimen, like we were mm-hmm. just a little piece of nothing. And now, and then we became these physical human beings. So if I can look at it like, well, my dad wasn't always this human body, it, it, it lightened my heart. It was wow. like, wow. oh, wait a minute. I never thought of it that way because it's so concrete, so cut and dry. Oh, my loved one is gone. Oh, they're not here. I can't talk to them. You can't you can you can breathe like life into that relationship by you know speaking to them talk to them write journal um but again i think that it starts with seeking proper counsel and help and i know not a lot of us feel comfortable with you know seeking therapy i've had over 10 therapists in my adult life um since college and i'm not ashamed to say it but i think it starts there i i don't think i would be doing as well had i not had um the guidance i think of a therapist and again I'm faith-based, I love God, I'm 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 rooted and I pray. i I'm, I love to pray. Um, but if I could just be honest, it, it just wasn't <laughs> doing well, I me. Mean, no. I
0: that's one of the things you know? I talked about. So yesterday I did a um Sunday, I did a uh, um a live video for the 31 Days of Power talking about church and mental health and how to a degree mm-hmm the church has kind of failed on the whole concept of faith without works is dead. Right. Uh, I grew up, you know, when I was dealing with depression and dealing with all of these suicide attempts, you know, I was always told it's a demon, just pray about it. Right. But I'm like the same Bible that I read. It tells me that faith without works is dead. So with Mm -hmm. my prayer, my faith in the prayer that I am petitioning to God there has to be something else that I can be doing from a work standpoint, right? And yeah. so you're absolutely right. And I think it's so important that we take the time, you know, definitely for those of us who call ourselves believers as a body, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility mm-hmm. when it comes to how can we, you know, really intersect the two the way that they're supposed to be so that we can put some work behind our faith and see faith in action, right? And so I think it's important. So thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that because I, I feel like that's something that definitely in the conversation of mental health, we need more light on.
1: Yes, definitely. I totally agree. I say that faith without works that is dead um, quite often. It's same with to whom much is given, much is required. You know, I think that, you know, we just think that, we'll, and I don't even think it's that. A lot of times I really, I don't think that people are actually even um, acknowledging or feel comfortable. I keep, that word just keeps coming up. Um, just not feeling comfortable expressing or inventing um, where they are, you know, mm-hmm. and you can't admit that you have this issue. It's kind of hard. And and I know a lot of times people ask, and um, I believe when we talked off air, you asked, how does someone receive that, receive the positivity? And I just don't think that everyone will um, at the time in which you want them to. Yeah. I think it has to be something where, and, and as for me and anyone who knows me, I have this, superhero complex if you will where i want to it's my own codependency issues i'm working on that too god help me <laughs> um, but you know i want i want people to to, to hear this now and to do better now and to, and to do this and it's like you know what no every season and every time you know things will change and when that person is ready to hear it absolutely they can do better and they can learn to grieve well
0: absolutely no that's great that is great and thank you for that um I think, you know, we receive in our time in the way that we need to, and that is great. So this has been a phenomenal conversation and I am so grateful for having you on the show and just really having you to really break a lot of this down because I know that we've got some listeners who might be tuning in who are, dealing with grief maybe recently or you know maybe haven't been able to address the losses that they've had in the past and maybe still heavily grieving now maybe it's led to some bad decisions maybe some some things that have turned into habits and lifestyles um, as we mm-hmm. get ready to close this out uh, can you just really just pour out to the people with that like if you could leave them with anything, folks who are dealing with grief currently, folks who don't even realize they've been walking in grief. They just think that it's been a part of them. If you could tell them anything right now, what would it be?
1: Um, it definitely would be that you are not alone. Everything that we echo with Project Equals 20, which is our movement, we're gonna have a documentary highlighting Carrie Young's story of losing her two brothers back to back. Um, and that's gonna be a documentary that's coming out. And we always echo in our whole movement is that you are not alone. So mm-hmm. I would love to pour it. That- Anyone that's listening tonight, um, whether it be a divorce, lost a job, career, who you are, body image, um, a loved one, and so have you, is that you are not alone. Um, Someone is there and someone cares. And also to the flip side, to people who may not be experienced and lost themselves, but they have someone in their life that is. Another thing that we try to echo is that. Don't feel uncomfortable reaching out to that person. Don't feel uncomfortable asking them how they're doing. And the fact of losing their loved ones, because I think that's another problem that we have is that people on the other side, don't feel as comfortable as well. um, Conversation with people. So yeah, reach out and guys, be open to listening and um, learn to grieve well and uh, help is out there
0: for you. And therapy is cool. Thank you so much. And our last question real quick. um, If you could give one bit of advice to how um the listeners can be um a help to those dealing with mental and emotional issues right because i'm always pushing people to say you don't need to be a therapist or a psychologist to be a loving person right like to be who cares right what is one thing maybe that you practice in helping others that you think somebody else can take or just something that you could give to the people when it comes to the role that they can play in being able to help
1: yeah, I think um, one important thing is asking the simple question is, what does support look like?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, that's
1: and, I, that's and, that, and that's, that, that is something that, you know, it works in my household and we, we try to practice that because the way that I naturally might give support to you, Richard, or the way that I naturally give support to this person, that's how I give support, but that isn't how you need to receive it. So just sometimes being overbearing and just trying to do so forth is not going to penetrate me. So just ask the person, hey, what does support look like?
0: That's good. Let that
1: person answer that question. They might say support looks like space. Support looks like, you know, call me once in a while. Support looks like, let's go have a drink. Like, you know, let's go pray. To everybody is different. So I think I'll definitely leave them with, and I try to use that as well.
0: That's good. Thank you so much for that. Jay Nicole, um, it has been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Definitely want to have you back. You have been my first guest with the new platform that I'm using, so I'm excited. Thank you so much. Listen, before we go, where can the people find you?
1: Uh, they can find myself personally at I underscore A-M underscore J Nicole. That's J-N-I-C-O-L-E. That's on Instagram. On Facebook, they can find me at J Nicole Jones. Um, and they can also follow our movement, which is very, very important to my heart, um, at Project Equals 20 on Facebook. So just Project, how you spell the word, the equal sign and then the number 20. And on Instagram, we're project underscore equals, spell that word out, E-Q-U-A-L-S underscore 20. Um, And that's pretty much, you know, where you'll find us. Um, And we can also go to our website, project equals 20.com. That's project, you spell out equals, E-Q-U-A-L-S dot com. And, uh, yeah, you can check out our Not Alone Halo hat. We have something special for those to represent and respect their loved ones.
0: That's amazing. And you heard it here, guys. So make sure you go and check them out. Jay Nicole, once again, thank you so much for being a part of the Between the Dream podcast. And thank you so much for being one of these special guests that we have that really can come and speak to um, life from a lived experience. Mm -hmm. So important. I can get on here and talk till I'm blue in the face. But listen, it it, it makes it that much more impactful. We can have amazing people like you that can share your story. And for those of you all listening out there, I want to encourage you all, Listen, you've got an amazing story as well. It is important for you to share it. Some of you all might have a really dramatic story that, that 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 has a lot of charisma and oomph behind it. But I wanna speak specifically to those of you all who might be on the opposite end of that real quick, just to understand that even if you don't have all of this drama and trauma in your life, it doesn't make your story any less impactful. Understand that we live in a world full of 7 billion people, everybody receives differently, and every story counts. Definitely when we talk about leaving a lasting impact in the lives of people and helping them to see themselves better than what they might be right now. Guys, as always, you're not losing a life, you're not failing, you're simply between the dream. Thank you once again, Jay Nicole, and until next time.
1: Thank you.